una y dos y dos una y dos una y dos Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC live stream of the podcast. This is a bi-weekly show broadcasting out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on this show, we talk about art, creativity, city life from a Latino perspective. I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode nine, Go Big. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean under Cortez NYC Livestream. You can also find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. And a quick shout out to some of our people on Instagram, D-Double Design, Lesk Styles, Waste IF, July 4 Art, JRC SNR, What Up Homie, Sonia Gangoli Art, Grime, C Crusher, Sedimar 48, Smurfy 138, What Up Homie, Puppet Master Ricky, The Apparition 718, Guillotine Cuts, Gazer 162, Brooklyn Wins, D Menace, what up, homie? Nueva York, Brooklyn, Enemy Warner, what's up, what's up? Rockstar, Mirrors One, the one and only, and a few podcasts, No Free Drinks, La Verdad Podcast, TK in the AM, Chico in the Grin, Drop a Gem Podcast, DK, I See You, Sancocho for the Soul, Hablando Plepas, as always, blah, 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 and Rambling Alcoholics. <laughs> that was like a rock song. here we go so this art life we're going to talk about painting large-scale murals whenever you've seen somebody paint really large murals what does it take to do that um carla you've come with me while i've painted some of these murals yes and i think you probably have an opinion about some of or some insight since you've seen this from beginning to end the process yes i mean the the process is slow at the beginning, um, you get to see the sketch, how it's going, how it starts, and then I think I think it's interesting to see the sketch, and then the middle part, which is after you know the artist put the sketch on the wall, they start like to fill out those lines with different colors to make the form or the shape to come alive that's the tedious process that takes a long time Hmm. and that's the process that always a little like bores me a little bit Uh as i'm watching because i'm just watching i'm not really doing anything at that time it it can be it can be boring to watch it can be boring to do sometimes (laughs) i know and sometimes i think about that i'm like wow this is really really a commitment from the artist to be like I'm going to do this and I'm going to complete this amount today and I'm going to spend my whole day because it's a whole day since the morning, sometimes until 7, 8. If the sun's still out until 8, you're there until 8. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, sacrifice. Yeah. So, the subject is large-scale paintings, large-scale murals, right? Um, Not to be compared with, like, let's say, doing just a quick piece you know just some lettering or just doing a character i mean i'm talking about something really big where you're doing a background and everything and um you're doing something that might take more than one day maybe two days Um, in some cases three days four days depending on how intricate you want to get and how detailed you want to get 
Um, so what I want to talk about is that when you do these kind of projects, what should you expect if you're an artist taking on one of these challenges? If you are listening to this podcast and you've always thought you'd like to do a giant mural, you know, um, this is my warning to you of what you should expect. So number one, I would say is that it's physical labor. It is laborious. It is draining on your body. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts after a couple of days, you know, if let's say you painted two days in a row, when you're done, your body's going to ache. You're going to be going up and down ladders. You're going to be going left and right, carrying paint back and forth, standing all day. You're going to get tired. So it's not as easy as, let's say, just staying at home and doing something in a black book or sitting on the computer mm -hmm. uh, and doing some art. You know, it, it is laborious. Um, another thing is that it takes time. Um, it's, it's nothing great comes quickly. You know, it's going to take time. It's going to take days, you know. Uh, so you're going to have to plan for your days. You're going to have to plan ahead. You're going to have to say, you know, I can do this on a weekend or I can do, I can got to take a couple of days off so I can spend those days doing this thing. Um, this is not something you're just going to go and do in an afternoon. And if it was that easy, then everybody would do it, right? But it's not. So it's going to take time. You got to plan out your days. Uh, another thing is uh, you are going to have to give in to the elements you're gonna have to realize that you're gonna be number one you're gonna be on a ladder so if you're afraid of heights or if or if uh you know you have some people have back problems or physical problems you know th this might not be for you doing a large-scale painting because you're gonna be on ladders you're gonna be on lifts you're gonna be on something a crate or a step stool you're gonna be climbing up and down up and down and you're gonna be in the sun, you're gonna be in the cold, you're gonna be maybe in the rain, maybe in the snow, because you can't predict exactly the weather and the day that you decide to do this, the next day it might rain or it might be really nice the one day you decided, but the second day it might be really cold, which happened to us in Florida. Yeah. I think, I mean, for the people listening, it might sound like I'm just ranting off a list of things. No, I'm telling you from facts. Mm -hmm. From experience. <laughs> from experiences, all these things that you gotta keep in mind. I'm talking about years of experience doing these things. Um, and I'm just giving it to you all in one shot. So, yeah, you, you're going to have to know ahead of time that if you want to do a large mural, you're going to be fighting the elements one way or another. Whether it's too sunny and too hot or it's too cold. There's been times we've been on walls, right, Carla, in, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. That time in Brooklyn where it was blazing hot and there was no escape from the sun. There was not a little tree, nothing to... No to, shade. Yeah, nothing. And and you're just standing there and, and the sun is beaming off of the wall, reflecting mm -hmm. onto you. Mm -hmm. And all the spray paint and aerosols sticking to your skin. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, all you want to do is leave and take a shower and just never think about spray paint ever again. Yeah. But <laughs> the wall looks fresh and you're like, all right, it looks cool, but... <laughs> um, At least it looks nice, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so you got you to gotta get past that, the elements. The next thing is, it is going to be expensive. This is something that people never think about, um, unless if you're sponsored or unless if somebody's giving you the paint for some reason. But if you're going to do a large-scale mural and it's coming out of pocket, it's going to quite, it's going to cost you quite a bit. It's going to be expensive. Uh, we're talking, let's say, at the minimum, 20 to 40 cans. I'm talking minimum, right? Let's just say at the minimum you have 20 to 40 cans. You have enough paint to cover an area and you have enough of a variety of cans. You need to have a variety of colors. 
So you're gonna need at least 20 to 40 cans, right? Let's say, roughly. And then, let's say it's a $7 a can. You know, you're already talking about almost $200 right there. You know what I mean? That's just in spray paint. Let's say if you gotta get bucket, you know, a bucket of rolling paint because you're gonna wanna roll the wall or whatever, any other things you might need, food and other things, you know, all these things, it adds up. So if you ever see a big production or somebody painting a big wall and you're wondering to yourself, why are they doing it for free? They're doing it for the love of it. They're doing it for their passion especially if they're paying for it themselves because there's money being spent to make that wall happen um it doesn't it's not it doesn't happen for free so that's something you have to keep in mind as well is that it costs money so you're taking your time off and it costs money uh the next thing is you're definitely going to need a ladder a lift or a scaffold depending on how big and how tall and how high you're going a la- how are you going to get this how are you going to get this ladder to the wall if you're taking the train uh how tall of a ladder do you need are you going to fit it in your car uh, if you need more than a ladder, if you got to go even higher, are you going to get a scaffolding? Are you going to get a lift? You know, these things are things you got to remember when you're seeing a project and somebody says, hey, you want to paint this giant wall? Think, keep these things in mind. Um, these are things you don't think about when you're just, uh, you know, doing, used to doing canvases or black books, things like that. You don't think about that. Um, another thing is the bucket paint. You're going to need to stop at a Home Depot or whatever and get a, you know, a bunch of bucket paint rollers uh you know the the sticks for the rollers all these tools that you're going to need just to prime the wall um another thing that people don't think about is <laughs> is that part of it right um that's a cost but it's also time consuming and laborious because rolling walls cleaning buffing the wall is as much work as it is painting the wall because <laughs> literally you yourself are first cleaning the entire wall mm-hmm. you're buffing the whole wall and that is backbreaking and that is also under the sun and that is just as takes just as much time that's the warm-up that's the warm-up exactly so um yeah that's something that sometimes people don't think about they don't realize that even just priming the walls you got to take into account the time that it's going to take you to prime the wall and the energy that it takes to do it and of course the, the money to get the bucket paint um so let's say you get all that stuff out of the way and you, you're convinced you're going to do it. You have all your things, you have your supplies, you have all this stuff and you have your time mapped out. You're going to take that weekend off or that Labor Day weekend. You're going to spend the painting instead of hanging out barbecuing. So that's great. Now what are you going to do? So my advice to you is if you're going to do a big wall, have your sketch all planned out. Do not tackle a big wall unless you have some, some sort of plan. Some of you, and like myself, will try to freestyle something. You'll, you'll try to whip something up and improvise something on the wall. I don't recommend that when you're taking on a large project. You're going to find yourself in a bigger stress situation than you need to be. You're going to find yourself maybe wasting more paint than you should. Um, unless if you really are really fluid and, and you can really freestyle something, I don't recommend it. Um, I would recommend that you sketch the entire wall out. I recommend that you sketch it accurately to the wall, meaning um, know the proportion of the wall before you're going to paint it and, ske- and plan something out beforehand, whether you go and you take a picture of it or you go on Google Maps. I did that one time. I went on Google Maps and I looked for the wall that I was going to paint. And then I, you know, when you can do that street view, you know what I'm talking about, Carla? When, when you yeah, can see you, you send the little, they have like a little... Um, like a little guy and you put it on the street <laughs> and then you can see the whole street and the Three, image a of the whole, view, yeah. yeah. So that 
is a, a good thing because you can actually, if you can't, let's say you can't get to the wall, let's say if you're going to paint in Boston and you're in New York and you can't get to Boston to take a picture of the wall, you could always go on Google Maps and mm-hmm. check out the, and get the address out. and just check out the wall and kind of start to project what are you going to paint on the wall, start figuring it out and sketching, right? Yeah. So that's something I recommend. Um, when you get to the wall and you are actually ready to paint, now you have your sketch and you have all that and you're ready to paint on the wall, and you've already buffed it and the wall's all clean and everything, I recommend that you sketch as much as possible onto the wall in proportion and get your proportions right before you tackle anything else. Get your outlines on the wall. If it's characters, if it's whatever you're going to do, graffiti lettering, get everything on the wall proportionate to your sketch. Make sure that your outlines look correct before you start to fill anything in. Don't waste your time pursuing just one corner of the wall and leaving the other side blank Um, make sure that you tackle the whole thing at once and another thing that i would recommend is if you're if you're sketching out and your wall is really really big don't use sharp caps use thicker caps you know try to cover as much area as possible and lay down your blueprint as big as possible as wide as possible um as quickly as possible too you don't want to spend too much time but you want it to be accurate but you still want to consider that this is still only a sketch you're going to be going over all these lines and that's why you need a sketch before going to the wall because that's another thing you can um, waste time if you don't know what you're going to do and time is precious because the sun sets the rain comes you have only during the day exactly and if it rains then you have one day that you couldn't complete whatever you you wanted to do that day yeah a lot of times um so if i'm tackling a wall let's say with some of my friends i've done not humongous productions but medium-sized productions where we'll do characters and a little bit of background and and pieces usually what i end up doing is i'll end up spending the first day doing lettering and the second day doing characters and background if the lettering is really intense i'll end up spending the first day and a half doing the lettering and then i'll spend the last half of the day doing some fast characters Mm -hmm. if i really have time then i'll break it up into a whole day of, of lettering, a whole day of characters, and one last day to touch everything up and kind of finalize everything and get some final shots and all that. Um, but that that's usually the format. Yeah. Um, and that also depends on how big it's the wall, with who you're working, if it's comfortable, because sometimes also the location mm-hmm. can be a little bit complicated if you have to get there by train then you know that you're not gonna have the same days as if let's say um your friend has a house with a wall right and you know you you're comfortable to go there you have this is something that maybe you (laughs) maybe you're gonna say on your um notes but Sometimes there's no bathrooms around. <laughs> I, I didn't have that. You didn't have that? <laughs> no. Well, because I'm always thinking about that. But uh, sometimes you go to a wall, and let's say if you're not the artist and you're the one watching, you know, you you want to go to the bathroom, you want to eat something, you want to drink something. And if the location of the wall is some place where there's nothing around, that's the worst. Yeah, I had I had food and drinks, but I didn't have bathroom. I forgot bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for for men, it's easy. No, no, it's still it's still. But still uncomfortable, still, right? Yeah, I forgot about that part. When you when you usually when you show up to a wall, 
uh, you show up to a location, you immediately tar- start to ask these questions. You begin to ask the people that are painting with you and the people around hey, you. Can I use the bathroom inside uh, the bodega? No, well, you start or to ask, where is everything? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. start to allocate yourself. All right, so where? if I need water, where can I get water? Oh, over there. okay, if I need this, where can I get that? Um, and bathroom is one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you immediately start to ask, where's the, so where's the bathroom around here or whatever? Yeah. Um, sometimes you got to walk a distance, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to hold it in. Yeah. At least half the day so that you can uh you can just go do it and then until the the next end break, of the day yeah, or the next yeah. Um <laughs> and it's harder when it's really hot and you're drinking a lot of water all day, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I, 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 Carla's having flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So um well my next point was yeah, plan for food plan for water and plan for breaks um when you get to a wall you should really the minute you're there and you start to sketch you pull out all your cans you're laying down your you know what colors are you going to use you're laying out your, your palette on the floor you you know okay these are my yellows these are my blues these are my greens you're trying to figure out what goes where and how is it going to work out for you and then you should realize what time is it and try to start figuring out your schedule and say okay i can paint from this time to this time and at this time i'm going to take a break um, and on, and there's going to be people that are going to come by and talk to you. Mm-hmm. If you're with friends, they're going to start trying to chat with you and that's okay. Yeah. But stick to your schedule because, you know, you know what time you need, how much time do you need? And uh, you don't want to get stuck in a deep conversation with somebody. And then next thing you know, you spent an hour and you didn't really get to do anything on the wall. Um, and especially if you have to really be on a ladder or you have to be up elevated somewhere. You know, you don't want to have conversations with people when you're up on a ladder and <laughs> keep turning around and keep talking mm-hmm. and then keep trying to paint and keep turning, you know. So you you do need to kind of, there is a certain amount of discipline that goes into trying to get these things done quickly. Yeah. Um, and so planning out your day, planning out your day, your schedule. So at what time are you going to take a break? Uh, if you're with, a, with partners or whatever, be like, all right, yo, like one o'clock, you guys, if you want, I'll do a sandwich run or they do a sandwich run or, right. you know, who wants to do it? Usually somebody's going to eventually say, okay, at this time we're going to have drinks and, you know, I'll go for for water and, and a sandwich. You guys want anything? I find that, well, maybe this is a question for you. Yep. Do you think that when you have, let's say, family members, or let's say when I go to a wall, that you feel more comfortable because I'm the one that is going to remember the food breaks? Uh, or you will you always remember, like, will you have it on your mind? Because I know that sometimes you can get so involved into i'm just doing the wall that maybe you forget i I, honestly i think i i think it's worse really (laughs) sometimes (laughs) because because i know that you're gonna want or family or kids are gonna want a break while i for myself i'm not gonna worry about myself I'm just going to go ahead and keep going and take a break when I know I need a break and realize, okay, that was my schedule and just do something fast and just run over to some bodega and just like get something that I can eat lightly without being too heavy that I don't have to get food all over my hands because my hands are full of spray paint and I can do my business quick, do a quick bathroom break, get water, go back on the wall. When it's, when you're with people, yeah, it's helpful in a way because it's nice that people are thinking about you and trying to take care of you and they're like, oh, you know, you want you want something, you know, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, sometimes people, more people make it a little more complicated. Yeah, um, I understand. Especially if, if you're with people that maybe don't, don't want to eat what you want to eat. 
Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> another hard thing. Like, like you're painting and you're just thinking, yo, I just need some potato chips or just like something light that I can just eat quickly. I don't want to get things on my hands too much. And they're like, oh, there's a nice restaurant I walk by on the way over here. I want to get some arroz with, you know, arroz con gandules and some like chicken, some yeah, fried chicken. Yeah. I'm like, I can't eat fried chicken right now with my yeah, hands. Yeah. Like so, all right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a it's, mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally for myself, it's easier. It's easier when it's just me and a bunch of guys and we're just trying to knock it out. Right. But there has been, I'm not going to front, there are times where it's a relief to have somebody say, hey, I brought you back some water. Hey, I'm going to go get a, some food and right. you, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, all right. I don't want to sound ungrateful, but it's, it's the okay. truth. It's this, okay. this podcast is about reality, right? No worries. It's fine. <laughs> She's never going to get me food ever again. <laughs> She's going to be like, oh, that <laughs> Just wait until the next wall. The next wall, I'm going to be painting. I'm going to turn around. She's going to be eating all by herself a nice big old. Exactly. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, okay. Continue. Uh, all right. Um, now, nah, so I just got a few more points. Uh, another thing to think about is um, obviously plan ahead. Plan ahead to have cameras, photos. This is when you're packing to go to the wall. Don't forget your camera. Don't forget your video camera. Don't forget whatever it is that you need. Your a, a, a cell phone charger. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to use oh, yeah. when you start to use your phone, whether you're looking up reference or you're taking photos or you're, or you're doing some sort of live stream, you know, while you're in the middle of a wall. And more when you don't have a car. Exactly. Exactly. Because so, when you have a car, you know. Well, I know that I got to the car. Let me just charge it for a little bit. But when you're doing it here in the city and you're traveling in train, it's so difficult. Yeah. And you need to have your phone. Yeah. And and when you're on a wall all day, your battery's draining and yeah. or maybe if you're listening to music or something, you're going to kill your battery and the next thing you know, before the end of the day, you got no camera so you could take no pictures at the end of the day of what you did. So if you don't have maybe if you don't have a portable charger, it would be good to invest in a portable charger that you can take with you and that's good for anybody but specifically for you yeah. you should get a portable charger and get just charge it before you go to a wall and take it with you and that's yep. gonna be very helpful yep. so so cameras for photos and all that stuff that's important um and then I'm, i think the last the last couple of things is get rest during your breaks don't forget that you have to keep your energy high So if you, you know, I like to have a beer when I'm painting, you know, just try not to overdo it, you know, balance it out. A lot of water, maybe one beer, you know what I mean? And then maybe a lot of water. And then at the end of the day, the last beer, as many as you want. But also, if you're going to paint for multiple days, don't overdo it at the end of the night. Try to get your rest so that the next day you come back really early because that's the killer. I've been in situations where I paint that one day, finish that night. I'm really excited. We're all happy. We go out for drinks. We're up all night. Next thing you know, the next day, I'm starting at 12. And I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, I just lost the whole morning. You know what I mean? And then, and then it's an uphill battle. Then you're like, oh, this sucks. I don't want to finish this. Yeah. Can I just leave? Can I just leave? <laughs> um, I have a friend of mine, Jay. I think Jay, Jay Mac Music. If you guys want to look him up on Instagram, Jay Mac Music, M-U-Z-I-K. He's from New Jersey. He's a, he's a graffiti artist, and he also does really photoreal portraits. The guy's a machine. I Amazing. think that I think that guy is probably one of the most disciplined painters that I've painted with. Um, that that man will get up and be at a wall when the sun is rising. 
he'll be there like he'll take advantage of the sun that's rising to to continue to paint so that by the time you show up he's already like yeah i'm here already and you're like what and and then you're like you want anything he's like no no i already had coffee well i mean he's like yeah i'll take a coffee but he's already like over the breakfast already he's on lunch already yeah and you're showing up like damn he's very disciplined and he'll paint the whole th- the whole day through and he's fast too mm-hmm. it's just that he likes to paint big so mm-hmm. i think he knows he knows that he likes to get into his details because he does the photo real stuff so he knows he gives himself that extra time and he's not embarrassed to be the first one at the wall first thing in the morning before the sun's even just breaking through he's at the wall um catching that first light so yeah i think from him and from other people you know that i've painted with i'll, I'll say definitely be disciplined keep your energy high you need that energy if you're going to paint over a couple of days you need that energy as strong the second and third day as you did the first day if not even stronger because it's, it's more difficult towards the end um and then the last thing that i think i'm going to bring up here is uh give yourself enough time for that final shot nothing hurts more <laughs> than to invest three days or four days or whatever it is on some wall production especially if you're traveling I've, this has happened to me when i've gone to puerto rico if i've gone to south america if i've gone to europe nothing hurts more than to be somewhere away from where you from your home you're painting at a, at a remote location and you finish and it's nighttime when you finish and you have no opportunity to get that final shot and you won't be back the next day nothing hurts you more than to have to make your final shot your final picture be a dark fuzzy nasty picture in the middle of the night so that sucks that sucks so plan plan that your final day is going to be ending at three yeah because at the minimum you go three maybe you go over to four Mm -hmm. but at least by five you know for a fact you're taking pictures and what i've done what i've had to do sometimes is i plan for three i plan for four i've been with carla you've been with me at walls where by three o'clock i'm telling you tell me every 30 minutes what time is it tell me every 30 minutes remind me the last wall in miami that was crazy yeah it was like that and then the thing is that we always that last day that um cortez is painting is is the day is the day that we have to go to airport because we're coming back to new york yeah so we're always running around the clock so we're (laughs) like okay we need to leave at four so by 3.30, 3.40, we need to be done. And we're never done by four. <laughs> we're always She's running into the airplane with, exactly. with a hands full of spray paint. And, and always running to take the last pictures also. Yeah. But we do it. Yeah, yeah. And we've done it. Sounds like, it's like Mission Impossible. It's a lot like Mission Impossible. But, I mean, that's what, that's what, it, that's what you're going to look forward to. If you guys out there are interested in doing big, large-scale murals, or if you're curious what that's like, the experience is like, this is what it's like. It's, it's a lot of planning, uh, things that probably you guys don't think about, but we keep in mind every single time we get a big wall, we, we, this is all the stuff that we talk about and, and it runs through our head, and now we do it automatically. Um, and it's, it's a challenge, but it's fun, and it's, and it's worth it if you have a passion for the art. It's worth it. All right, culture talk. Yes. My favorite part of the show because I get to sit back and let Carla do all the work. But this time, Carla, you're going to flip the script on us. What are we doing this time? Yes, uh, this time we're going to do a, a movie review and we're going to be reviewing Coco. Coco, so this is our first movie review. 
Yes, the first ever. <laughs> um, so what we did is uh, we've watched Coco before. We we re-reviewed it again. You yeah. know, rewatched it and, and sat down and took notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna go through this kind of point for point and kind of go through the movie and some of our thoughts as we were watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, heads up for everybody: spoilers across the board. I'm not paying attention to any spoiler. Uh, you know. So, concerns here. If you haven't watched the movie, just skip over to Hablando Español <laughs> because we're going to be talking about all the spoilers and everything. And this is not that many spoilers, but the p- there's a big plot spoiler in yes, this movie. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever. It's a plot twist. Like, we're going to talk about all of it. So I'm assuming you guys have watched it. It's a really cute animation. It won awards. That's why, you know, it's... Yeah, it won an Oscar for Best Animation and also it won an Oscar for Best Song. Yeah. Which was, remember me. <laughs> All right. So the summary of the story basically is it's, it's an aspiring musician, Miguel, confronted with his family's ancestral ban on music, enters the land of the dead to find his great, great grandfather, a legendary singer. So basically, this little kid, Miguel, is rebelling against his family because they are against music. They're against guitar players and against mariachis mm-hmm. because of something that happened in the past. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. The great-grandmother had her heart broken by the great-grandfather who ran off and whatever. Mm-hmm. He was a mariachi. So because of that, Miguelito wants to be, he wants to be a musician. So he runs off into the land of the dead to find his great-grandfather to... To finally what? show to the family that he was in his in his blood all over to like, be yeah he's 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 meant to be a musician and guitarist yeah he's got the, the guitar playing talent in his blood exactly okay Whew. <laughs> it's a complicated plot it is we try to figure out how to explain it to the best we could here and it's it's a lot of stuff if you've seen it you're with us on this if you haven't you might get a little lost yeah go so, see it yeah so we're just gonna talk about the f- uh, points that we saw throughout the movie things that we like things that stood out to us mm-hmm. um in general let's just say first right off the bat did we like it yes i think i liked it more obviously the first time this time because i was looking at it with a little bit of more of like a lens of analyzing different things okay i was finding a lot of stuff that it was like yeah yeah i don't know yeah but it's still a cute nice and and it has a lot of things going on for it to be a uh, children animation yeah um i think for for me also i liked it when i first saw it and when we watched it i think we watched it with the kids the first time mm-hmm. with my kids i liked it i thought it was really good for them i enjoyed it a lot because of the fact that it was with them especially because uh, i knew that they were seeing something they hadn't seen before yeah but on the second viewing yes something stood out that were like oh yeah nah <laughs> this is a little annoying this is a little annoying yeah all right so but in general i did like it and i think it, it deserved the awards and i, I want to see more movies like this me too but now let's trash it okay number one <laughs> <laughs> all spoilers but okay number one is the title throws me the fuck off the title coco i don't know why they called it coco uh, it took me a long time to figure out who the hell coco was <laughs> once they revealed who coco was i forgot about it halfway through the movie again who the hell coco was every time they said coco i was like okay whatever it was hard for me to keep track of that but even when we were looking for this movie it was hard for me to remember the title and i think that's a mistake i don't know yeah Um, yeah go ahead 
uh, so one of my points is related it's not related to Coco but it's related to um, she being the great-grandmother and is the heritage in the family which it comes all the way through back four generations yeah. before Miguel and it, it is interesting to see how the whole heritage, their position in society, being a family of shoemakers, it stayed the same for so long. And their hate towards music, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the, the multi-generational thing is positive and it's good, Yeah. but it's confusing for the story. Yeah, it is. The fact that we don't really get an understanding of Miguel and his parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's something that we realize towards later in the movie is that you don't really get a real feeling for how is Miguel, why is Miguel so attached to somebody he never met, his great-great-grandfather, when it looks like he has both parents there and he and more than just both his parents, he has both parents, his grandmother. And they make, and they made a point about the great-grandmother of she being almost like just a little girl, but she's the generation before the grandmother. Yeah. And they didn't even talk about her husband or right. what happened, yeah, with her other family. I don't know anything about that. I just know that she remembers her dad and that she has Alzheimer's, but... Right. But you don't know about the yes. grandfather. Yeah, so why is she so like a yeah. child? Yeah, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that I really liked about the movie yeah. is, and one of my biggest points, and one of the biggest reasons why I would recommend this movie is the freaking love for guitars that this movie has. If you are a guitar player, if you come from a family of guitar players, if you just like guitar music, um, or even, I think in general, if you're just being from a Latino culture, that it mm-hmm. just has this big romantic guitar, yeah. romance with guitars. Throughout the whole movie, the mariachis, they, everybody has a different type of guitar. They really got into the details of animating how you play the guitar, how you move your fingers for the chords, showing the strings vibrating. Every guitar has a different texture, even though they're all acoustic guitars, but they're all decorated differently and they have a different texture, um, a different character. Uh, I've never seen that before. I've only seen, in, usually in these animated movies, they usually romanticize the cars, you know, like all the different car and, you know, cartoon characters of cars or all the different animals like Zootopia is all about all the different animals. And now you learn, you got to know what a lemur, a lemur is and you got to learn what a, you know, whatever a freaking sloth is exactly. because, you know, oh, they got to animate a sloth and you got to know every detail of the sloth. Well, in this one, it's all about the guitars. And that you can see the, the different textures even. Yeah. Textures, styles of the guitars, the most simple ones and the most expensive ones yeah uh, the, la banda yeah that they have later on they have their instruments and mm-hmm. you see that um so that's pretty cool uh the other thing is is the el barrio that he lives in the the the, the world that that miguelito and his family live in the little corner stores the streets the sounds when he's walking through the streets it all feels so natural mm-hmm. it doesn't feel um hyper animated like like when you when the characters walking through Zootopia, it's like yeah. it's all silly and wacky, or you know yeah. what I mean. Here, you really felt like you were in this environment. They did a really good job of showing that and the colors and everything. Yeah, it's beautiful and it's very detailed. La, la plaza and everything, um, really nice. Yeah, I mean, also like going into like good design, I would say is that 
the scenes where he's crossing the bridge to go to the other world. Yeah. Um, the colors, the concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking about how uh, you, you have to present photo ID at the border to cross the bridge to go to the other world. And it, it imitates, you know, crossing the border here between the United States and Mexico. Mm -hmm. And that they made a point of having documents and being documented. If you're not documented in the system, then you cannot cross. And another thing that happens before this is between the family and Miguel is that they have like an intervention telling him you cannot play music and this is the way it is and no you cannot because we hate music and i feel like that's very latino families that a family intervention is very latino yeah everybody <laughs> it's ha has it's happened something. to you you're trying to say something Tell everybody <laughs> tries to say something um your your aunt your uncle your cousin your grandmother everybody has an opinion towards something maybe that they believe is wrong or whatever else you're doing they always say telling you yeah um i think I think something else design-wise that I really liked, um, which happens later in the story, is the uh, the flying jaguar. That flying jaguar character is so cool. The it minute they so reveal cool. it, I don't think I've seen anything like that. Yeah, I like the colors. I like that he can fly, that he can still, even though he has all those colors, he's fierce. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look like a silly... Yeah, animal yeah, fantasies yeah. usually fantasy animals are like very sweet and gentle this one no this one he was like ah yeah he was like fight. he was like a he was like a tamed or like a loyal wild animal yeah yeah that exactly. was interesting that was interesting yeah and another thing was the introduction of frida kahlo yeah in the world of the dead and it was really cool to see her. Um, I, I, something that I was thinking about is that I feel that Miguel didn't know who she was, but they, the uh, movie makers or the producers or the creators, they did it for the public that was watching the movie. Right. For so us to see all, oh, see, we included Frida Kahlo yeah. into, into the, the, the story. The, 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 uh, the, uh, dead people in the other world yeah so she's she's there and represented as a skeleton character and she was still being an artist so right. she had like her little studio and she was creating her performances and her pieces <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because the performance was like and now i'm gonna do this performance and we're gonna have dancers and all the dancers are gonna be me <laughs> and it was a lot of little dances and you can see and they turned the faces around and they all, and have, they like all have like Frida, eyebrow, yeah. Frida eyebrows and all uh, Frida one thing that you pointed out that I, and this scene two, a couple of things stood out one thing that you pointed out is that they didn't include Diego Rivera no they didn't and he would be in the, in the other world right because he's dead he's dead and, and he would be there with her and exactly. supposedly they were the, they were love eternal love together so i don't know that was a little weird yeah they didn't include it that's him there. that might have to do with the fact that they're trying to make it a ma matriarchal story mm -hmm. storyline mm -hmm. and they want to focus on the female characters mm -hmm. i don't know because yeah thinking about it even I, f I didn't even realize it you pointed it out i was like holy shit yeah how did i not even realize that and even thinking about it it is true what you're saying because even in the world of the dead the one that he was in charge, it was the great-great-grandmother. In the world, in the living world, the one that was in charge was the grandmother. Right. And then I guess, yeah, it makes sense that they wanted just to focus more on the female 
characters. And also another thing about Frida is that she tells Miguel that he has the spirit of an artist. The, the what? The spirit of an artist. Oh. So for me, that was nice also because it was just like a nice touch. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice daydream, right? If you're if you're a, a kid, uh -huh. aspiring creative person and you have Frida Kahlo from the other, yeah. you know, from Beyond the Dead telling you, oh, you have the spirit of an artist. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful scene. That's yeah. nice. I, and I think uh, something that stood out to me in that scene, I think that scene is pivotal. That's a key point because she reveals something and kind of empowering him at that point. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And yet she's doing it with her Spanish accent, you know, and, and a very Spanish character. And at that point, I realized, wow, this movie, I've gotten this far into the movie and, and it's still filled with Spanish characters. They're not just slapstick, disposable characters. The movie is going to, it's making a commitment to, to push the narrative forward with either Spanish speaking or English with Spanish accent speaking characters that are being taken seriously. Yeah. That are that are developing the story and and that are credible narrators to the story. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was really nice. That was unique. Mm -hmm. And then another point will be when they show what is a final death. Um, so in this point, there's Hector. He's with Miguel. And they're visiting one uh, Hector friend, and this friend he's being forgotten forever. So he, he's fading. So he's fading. So because he's being he's um, being forgotten, that this means that he's gonna die forever, and that's it. So um, Hector start playing the guitar and start playing a song for him, and it's a very touching moment because it's when you realize, wow. So if this really exists. This means that you had a second chance, and then after that, that's it. Yeah, I, that makes me think of, I mean, we talked about it, but it makes you think of all the people in your real life that might have passed away that you don't talk about anymore, or, or you kind of, you know, day to day, you don't really re remember for any reason. Yeah. And it makes, you do, it makes you think, yeah, I mean, you get forgotten. Does that mean you really do disappear permanently, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the saying that they have now in the let's say the our living world that you will always live in the memories of the one that loves you and one and once they forget you then you really died yeah mm -hmm. that's a good point i mean it's pretty deep for for, for a little a animator movie. yeah right? i know yeah <laughs> for a little animated movie that's pretty mm -hmm. deep um so yeah i mean another thing that i i you know i liked a lot was the the big music festivals um, yeah they had so in the in the in the land of the dead they have this big music festival imitating the, f the music festival that they had earlier mm -hmm. uh in the living land right so now in the dead land miguelito has another opportunity to prove himself and to perform at this festival mm -hmm. and that was really cool yeah that's when you get to see all these different acts come out on stage they're, they're like Com comedic and yeah they it have was very sábado gigante it was very like all this variety show of like different they have even a, a emo guy <laughs> and he was he had like synthesizers and he will turn around play some keyboard turn around move some <laughs> stuff and that was so funny and then they have the banda la banda was great the they banda, tore it up yeah they like you felt it like it woke up and, and you were like wow this is like feels like a real show mm -hmm. and then obviously uh, Miguelito does his his uh, duet with uh With Hector. With Hector, who, spoilers, is really his great-grandfather, great yeah. But um, but they do the little duet, and 
the little the the the, sh- the stage fright, him being afraid and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But then he starts to sing and he lets out that that proud howl and he's like, oh, he's like screaming out and he's like playing his song. Like that was really cool. Yeah. So then I guess continuing into um, a little bit of the concepts that they had in the in the land of the dead is that the people that were the most remembered and this means that for example in the living world you were very famous and this is why everybody remembers you even after you're dead um they were the most wealthy so then miguel goes into de la cruz house which is the guy that he thinks is his great great grandfather and everything over there is like awesome they have a pool in a form of a guitar they have a dj it's almost like a mansion um they have a party full of people everything is very colorful um and you can see like they're so wealthy and you think like wow in the dead yeah like in in, even after life you're so even after life you still have inequalities even which is crazy yeah um and in that scene that's another scene where again music plays a huge part in this la Mm banda is a great i gotta find out we we said we're gonna find out if if that banda is uh is a real banda or did they use actual musicians or or you know to be the voice actors or, or the singers because they they made it seem like they were doing a cameo mm-hmm. you know that banda but uh they so miguelito sneaks into this party with la banda and it's like they're fun and the way they talk to him and they they embrace him that's really cool and when miguelito does his song in front of de la cruz and he does some song about uh family is something and this that and the other and he's singing with his pride and this mm-hmm. attitude and he's sliding down the banister it was so cool yeah that was, was that was really cool really nice um, and then and around this part is when we hear the final plot twist, the, uh, the reveal, the big uh, spoiler, which is that De La Cruz, the guy that, you know, the, the old mariachi that Miguelito thought was his great-grandfather, turns out that no, he actually had poisoned his great-grandfather and killed him. And that's when the story takes a dark-ass novella twist, mm-hmm. where I was like, no way, this is way too dark <laughs> for an act. I was like, damn, this just made me feel bad. Like, yeah. it was surprising. And then even, so, right, this is all revealed, blah, blah. And even after the great, great grandmother finding out that he died, he didn't want it. That Hector. That Hector, sorry. Hector, who was the real great-grandfather. Exactly. That Hector, who was a real great-great-grandfather, died at that time in the past. She was still upset at him because he left and he didn't <laughs> want it to leave. Yeah, it was, they, they played her like an angry yeah. Latina. Yeah, like yeah. Like a crazy angry Latina. That was crazy. <laughs> well, there's this one scene that I, I want to point out is when they're, when Miguelito and, and Hector, who is now revealed to be his, his real great-grandfather, who was being forgotten because his photo is not on the, on the altar back yeah. in the real world, yeah. in the living world, when they reveal that they are actually family and they're in this pit, they're thrown into this pit by De La Cruz mm-hmm. and they're just in the pit alone and then they finally reveal it to each other and then they're like, I'm proud to be your family and you're proud to be my family. And it's, it's like a touching moment because it's like, wow, like they, they're so happy. But then you realize, and I started to think like, but why isn't Miguelito worried about his parents Yeah. at this low point in his life? You know, he's in this pit with a, with a skeleton in the afterworld he, that he just met and he's found out that he's been betrayed and all this stuff and he found out about murder and all this shit 
And he's not going to be like, oh my God, my parents, I wish my parents were, you know, mm-hmm. or, 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 or I regret running away from my parents. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, an, and another um, point is that it's a touching moment when they're showing a flashback of Hector singing to Coco when she's a little girl and uh, he's playing Remember Me. And then you see him playing very sweet and you see her very cute, like trying to sing the words also. And then they singing together and it was just like really touching. Yeah, that was that was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's when they when they finally reveal or at least they reveal they put the idea in Miguelito's head, you know, the song. Exactly. That the song would would wake up the will help her to remember the great grandma. It yeah. would wake up the great grandma to mm-hmm. Coco to remember her Hector. father, which Hector. is Hector. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the story. Um, yeah, that was that was touching. So I think my last points are just um, I <laughs> I had a hard time with the fact that the great when at the end of the movie when the great grandmother coco when mm-hmm. she when he when miguelita comes back to the uh to the real world to the living and he plays the guitar for coco and she finally wakes up and is like oh dada and whatever and papa papi or whatever, whatever uh-huh, the hell she yeah, is. Yeah. and then he's like oh yeah she remembers and everybody's like okay fine you know his music is is you know brought her back so it's okay for him to be a guitarist or whatever all this stuff, all these emotions and all this stuff. And then Coco, the great grandmother, pulls out the torn piece, the piece that was missing from the photo yeah. that shows the father's face. She had it in a book the whole time. And she just goes into her drawer and pulls out the thing and has the photo. It's so annoying that yeah. that thing that the little kid had went to the freaking land of the dead to try to find out the true identity of the great-grandfather and all this shit mm-hmm. and that he thought the great-grandfather was the old mariachi de la cruz and all this shit and coco had the freaking torn picture right there in her fucking yeah book. i mean but they had to do that though because he needed to have the photo in order for them to meet each other back in the land of the dead uh-huh. Because if at that point I was so frustrated, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah, because they were saying like, if he, if she dies, because then after that she died, and then how? That's how she ended up going to the land of the dead. So if she died, she was the only one remember him because she was the only one who knew him. So that's why they needed to find the photo first before she died to have the photo up, and then she can die, and then they can meet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, what we're, if you're getting the gist from this review, what we're saying is Coco's a complicated story. It's a yeah. novela. If you're not into that, don't recommend it for you. If you can deal with novela plot twists that twist and turn and this, that, and the other, and the, then, you know, you're going to enjoy this and you're going to enjoy it because of the visuals and all the other elements that we described. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one last thing that stood out to me, and this is just a nitpicking on the second watching that I was like, damn, I didn't realize this. Everybody in, in this whole movie, Coco is the oldest person in the whole fucking movie. She's the oldest person in the living and in the dead. 
In the land of the dead and in the land of the living, she is the oldest person. She's the oldest person when she was alive, and when and after she dies, she goes to the li- the land of the dead, and she's a skeleton version of Coco, and she's an old lady, and she's still older than all the old people in the land. Of- I didn't understand that. That's true. The land of the dead was all full of young people. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't notice that until you said that. I was like, no, no, they were not. I I mean, but they were. There were maybe a few a few people that maybe were representing like a 50-year-old and a, and a 60, but there was nobody that died but of natural that causes. Coco, Coco, they, exactly. Nobody, they, nobody in the land of the, of the dead died of natural causes of age 90. Mm-hmm. No. Because Coco, they, they made her seem as if she was like 90 and exactly that she died just because she was old and that's yeah, it. Yeah, natural causes. So nobody else was like Coco. Nobody. No. Because you would figure there would be more people like in wheelchairs or just like older, like yeah. sitting around being really old. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was weird. <laughs> and and then my kids couldn't get over the fact that Coco was an old lady. In the, in the, in the in, in, land of the dead. In the land of the no, dead. No, and that she was the old lady and that her dad was so young. Yeah. Because he died young. So <laughs> when he passed to the land of the dead, he was still young. And then... That's a weird part of, of the end of the movie because you have the family, the mom, she still looks kind of young. The dad is young and then the old lady is it's a trying little to be, girl. It's trying to be a little girl and it's Coco. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they could have done different, but that did ring a little weird. Um, and, but then they close it with a good song. Yeah. That, that's the close. I know that the final song is really, is really nice. They have a, a song, a nice, a nice, I think the little boy singing at the end. Um, I Is remember it Remember that. Me? No. No, it's a different song, but it's it's nice. Okay. All right. Well, in general, yes, go watch it, right? Go watch it. It's good. Um, it hits you in the feels. Yeah. It's complicated, but it's, it's a really nice story. Don't let this bad review dis- dismay you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hablando español, Carla. Yeah. <laughs> What words do you have for me? Come on. Okay. Uh, background. Background is fondo. Yes. And it can also be, if you're using it for coco, it can also be el historial o el pasado. Oh, background meaning the person's background. It can be used, I want to use it both ways. Fondo, which is the background of the wall. The physical background, right. And then background of, let's say, your family or you. So, fondo. And then the other one? Historial. Historial. Okay. Okay. Next one, project. Project. Proyecto. Yes. Proyecto with a Y. Yeah. That's the trick. Proyecto. Proyecto. Next one is time. Time. Tiempo. Yes. Next one, days. Days? Dias. Yeah, this is like we're going back to basics. Uh, next one, <laughs> ladder. Ladder. Escalera. Yes. Next one. I'm killing these. I'm killing them. Elements. Elements. Elementos. Carla, I'm slaying the Spanish. Expensive. Expensive? Carísimo. Uh, caro, caro. <laughs> caro, caro. Next one is passion. Passion, pasión. Yes. Wow, Carla, aquí Be tenemos passionate. mucha pasión. Next one is wall. <laughs> wall, pared. 
Pared, pero cuando se dice muro. You... What's the difference between, between pared and muro? So it's basically the same thing. Uh, a pared and a muro, when you translate into English, it means wall. Okay, and yeah, because yeah. I just sometimes I get confused. I don't know what to say. Oh, voy a pintar la pared, voy a pintar el, el mural, el muro, from mural. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now the next word will be murals. Murals. Mural. Murales. Murales. Yeah. Murales or murals. Murals is murales. Y el mural is one mural. Yeah. Gotcha. Discipline. Discipline. Disciplina. Yes. Uh, the next one will be labor. Labor. Labor? Yes. Really? Yes. Labor sounds a little weird for me, but yeah. It is labor. 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 Next one is abuela. Ah, I said it in Spanish. Ah. <laughs> So, what is abuela? Abuela is grandmother. Okay. <laughs> abuela. So, what is um, great-grandmother? Great-grandmother is tatarabuela. No. Eso es lo que yo le digo. Uh-uh. Mi tatarabuela. Great-grandmother is bisabuela. Oh. And great-great-grandmother is tatarabuela. Oh. Okay. One more time. Great-grandmother Yeah. Bisabuela. Bisabuela. So, tienes la, la mamá, your mother. Your abuela, your grandmother. Your bisabuela, your great-grandmother. And then your great-great-grandmother is your... Tatarabuela. Tatarabuela. Got it straight. Next one and last one is intervention. Intervention. Intervención. Yes! <laughs> Congratulations, you won the trophy to Hablando Español, best competitive. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get a best participant. One way ticket to Land of the Dead? <laughs> no, <laughs> the bridge? please, no. <laughs> All right. All right. I got one for you. I got a couple. Oh, wow. Okay, dale. All right, number one. In the movie, yeah. there was a lot of skeletons. How do you say skeleton in Spanish? Carabela. Carabela skull. How do you say skeleton? Esqueleto. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> always stumping you. I'm always. No, stumping. you're not. No, you're not. All right, all right. Continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> all right. Um, in the movie, you have to cross the bridge to go to the land of the dead. How do you say bridge? Puente. There you go. El puente para allá. Spacal. El puente. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Puente. Um, this is one that I I have had a hard time looking up. And I don't know if there's a direct translation. But how do you say... We're doing right now a movie review in this episode. How do you say review? Or movie review? Reseña. What? Reseña. Reseña. Any type of review is a reseña. For real? Yeah. That's a good one. I think we're going to end it on that one. That's a good one. Reseña. 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 How do you spell that? R-E-S-E-N-E-A. Reseña. Holy crap. I never used that. Reseña. Yes. All right. Learn something new. All right. That wraps up another episode. Um... Next episode will be episode 10, New York's art form, 
we're gonna have for the first time a guest on the show yeah dr greedy's gonna join us mm-hmm. uh, he's an old friend of mine an old graffiti artist uh from the 90s uh, we painted for many many years together and we will be having a nice long conversation about all types of things related to graffiti and on culture talk we're gonna continue the conversation and we're gonna talk about graffiti culture in movies books and other media and then at the end as always hablando español <laughs>